1: Hi guys, we're here with another episode of the Macros Bodybuilding and Powerlifting Podcast. I believe this might be episode 11 or 10 or 11. We're in double figures now at least, I know that much, which is pretty damn cool and exciting. Um, And what we are going to talk about today, actually before I say that, I want to say hi Mark, say hi to everyone. (laughs) Hello. Mark is with me again. And we're going to be talking about something very topical, and that is the Olympics. Um, And there's been a lot of talk about the Olympics, at least within kind of the fitness industry field. Uh, There's been talk about cupping. uh, There's been talk about winners versus losers. And there's always talk about genetics, how that impacts things, drugs, loads of controversies. And I think it's quite an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, I have been watching bits because it's on all the damn time actually something else was controversial i was talking to charlotte my girlfriend with is the fact that the actual broadcasters apparently for the females have been talking about more about their appearance and what they're wearing whereas the males it's more about their performance which i find quite hilarious um (laughs) which i probably shouldn't find hilarious but it it kind of is but i don't think the bbc have been so much like that and not from what i've noticed anyway maybe it's other broadcasters anyway so there's loads of things to talk about um, how much have you been watching, Mark? Have you seen a lot? Actually,
0: um, not as much as I usually would have. Um, just not because I'm um, with a lack of interest. Just more being busy, um, busy with business clients, um, and I've just recently had a move into a new gym, so things have been things have been quite busy. Um, yeah, so I've definitely not seen as much as I would have liked. Because I do enjoy, I really enjoy the, more of the track and field kind of stuff, really enjoy that. The weightlifting, obviously, I really enjoy watching that. Um, And also, the golf is in the Olympics this year, and I'm a keen golfer. (laughs) Um, But again, I've not seen too much of it at all. So, although I think uh, Andy Murray is doing okay, I think, in the tennis. So, I'll have to, I'll, I'll maybe catch some over the weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have not really seen much myself. I think I've mainly seen, well, you can actually switch between, which is quite cool. Um, But I know we've won some medals at least. We've got some golds, which is fantastic for the UK. Um, But anyway, I think in terms of controversies that we can talk about, I think we'll dive straight into that. And we'll talk about cupping because uh, I've seen, I don't actually really know much about cupping. Mark definitely knows more about it than me. Uh, But I've seen enough online to realize that it's probably not scientifically backed and that people are doing it um, and seeing and thinking that they're seeing fantastic results. Maybe it's a placebo. And then there's debates that we can go over into whether that's a problem. Is a a placebo effect a problem or the fact that it's that people think it's helping and they're getting benefits from a placebo and not the actual thing. Is that a problem? Uh, So, We'll talk a bit, a little bit about cupping, but I think first of all, Mark can introduce kind of what cupping is. Neither of us are experts in this, so Mark's just gonna. I know you talked about what cupping was to me, and it kind of that's what I thought it kind of was. So I think, but it'll help people <coughs> understand.
0: Okay, yeah, and yeah, disclaimer: I'm not a cupping expert, or a qualified massage therapist, or a physiotherapist. Uh, but I mean, what, what I gather from reading is that the kind of um, effect cupping would have is where, where they put cups or, or any kind of glass um, on the back of or, or on a person's muscles uh, create a vacuum with some heat. And apparently the kind of blood flow that you get to the muscle is, is supposed to cause like Enhanced blood flow to the muscle, and then also uh, like better um, growth, repair, um, and strength, and, and these kind of things. So, I guess what what they're actually trying to say is you do get some kind of adaptations by using cupping um, and it's 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 apparently supposed to be beneficial for sports performance, and I guess just kind of regular gym goers as well. Problem being that, at least to my knowledge, and again, I'm not an expert on this, um, but to my knowledge, the, the actual scientific evidence, something that we're quite, you know, we need to see um, to give it any kind of validation, is that it's just lacking. It, there's been no science to suggest that cupping would be beneficial for a muscle. Or give a person any kind of sports performance benefits or muscle growth benefits over somebody who isn't getting cupping. So, yeah, it's it's as an actual benefit, the science is lacking. But as you quite rightly said, as a placebo, I don't actually see that being such a big problem. If someone is, if someone's safe in the knowledge that okay, it's maybe not scientifically backed, and they've got that understanding but they still like to get it done just because they get this placebo effect It makes them perform better or it makes them at least feel like they're recovering better, then I don't think it's such a big problem. Um, I think there's, the problem comes when guru types try and sell it to people who don't really know any better. Like, and you'll often see people who will choose cupping to treat back pain rather than going to see like a qualified physiotherapist. And I think that's more where the problems come.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it is a difficult one because with a lot of these things, if they're not causing the person any harm they're, and they're seeing benefit from it, I can't really argue against it. Yeah. What you then can argue against is the fact that if they're taking it and people, the lay public are seeing it, and it's incredibly expensive or it could potentially even be harmful or yeah. anything like that. That could then be where the problems could emerge. And then especially like you said, if, if like bad people essentially then try and market and sell these things, it's, then it becomes a bit of an issue. And I guess it's a little bit, it's it, it very much like supplements. in that there are supplements that do work and there's supplements that don't. But the supplements that don't work, still get sold, people still buy them, and I'm sure loads of people are seeing a placebo effect with them. Um, And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing and kind of everything behind that, I think it's very difficult to actually discern it. Um, I think one of the ones kind of I typically see is glutamine, and people take that, they think they're seeing a benefit, but in reality it, it doesn't. Through the science, like there's been so many scientific studies that proves it doesn't do anything, and I think as soon as you try and show someone those scientific studies, it will have. Well, some people will still get placebo, but I think for, for us kind of, people who are interested in the science, it will just completely stop working. And so then, do you want to do that? Do you almost want that placebo effect? It's really hard because, like, it, the placebo is so powerful. I know there's been a study where there was like a group given given a placebo. And the people given the placebo, or something along these lines, I know there was a study where a group of people were given a placebo that they were told was a steroid. They saw ridiculous results. They were then told it was a placebo, and they lost quite a lot of their results, yeah. which is just ridiculous, and it shows how powerful the mind really is. And that in itself, I think, is important to talk about because I know when James Hoffman came over and did his talk on recovery um, with the Renaissance Periodization and Mike Isretel, they talked about, where he talked about therapeutic touching or compassionate touching, um, which comes off where I made a Facebook post. It was like, I don't know about cupping, but I've heard about spooning. I prefer spooning and (laughs) spooning actually has science behind it because this compassionate touching where people, I don't know, I'm doing this as if this is compassionate touching. This is exactly (laughs) what works. And for people who are listening to this, I'm just rubbing my arms. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) essentially, I guess it's just relaxing the brain, the muscles and in a very similar way, I guess that's kind of what a placebo effect could do. It just causes something in the brain to react and relax and cause positive, positive benefits, a bit like maybe myofascial release with foam rollers. There's not a lot of evidence to say they do anything to the actual muscle tissue, but they do relax the mind. I don't know. That could be something um, Something there. I don't know if you've got anything else to say on that, Mark.
0: I agree. And just talking about placebos, it, it cannot be understated how, um, how strong placebos can be. Um, I don't know the whole story behind Michael Phelps and his cupping experience. Uh, and by the way, I'm sure that Michael Phelps is not the only person in the world who gets cupping. It's just a name that popped into my head because of because of his achievements at, at, at the moment. So, but I'll use I'll use some somebody like him as an example. Um, Again, I don't know the whole history, but if for whatever reason um, somebody like Michael Phelps comes out of retirement, say, um, and they just happen to get this cup in, this new kind of, new, new to them, they've never had it before, and they give it a try. And then the very next swimming session, you know, he smashes his all time record. Almost straight away, he. Whether or not you're that kind of person, he could put that record not down to his incredible skill set and power and strength and genetics. He could say that, wow, that cupping that I got last night or the day before or whatever really helped me in the pool today. Um, so straight away, you've got quite a big, you know, you have got quite a big mental pull towards this cupping. Um, and sometimes, No scientific evidence or lack of is going to put someone off that kind of placebo, that feeling, that kind of reliability on this um, or or whatever it is, whether it's cupping or anything else that we're talking about, supplements or whatever.
1: I think that's so interesting. That's just made me think of something. I don't know if it's completely related, but the audience might be able to relate to this. And this is like the advert where there's that beautiful woman on the screen and it goes, maybe she's worth it, or maybe it's Maybelline, and like that hair product, whatever yeah. it is, and it's yeah. like, it, no, she is like, she was born absolutely bloody gorgeous, and she'd look yeah. great without bloody, like Maybelline. It's not the Maybelline that's doing it, it's kind of like, it's not the cupping, it's the fact that he's worked his ass off, and he's a genetic elite. Yeah. I think the trouble, and I guess it's, it's similar to like, if you've got a lucky T-shirt, lucky underwear, lucky socks, in, like You wear those and they give yeah. you this weird placebo effect. Um, yeah. I just find it fascinating. But yeah, you brought up a really good point in that. And what we can probably go on to now is to talk about genetics and how much that can influence things. Something I found very interesting uh, was Charlotte actually went through on this app and it was saying the average height of an Olympic competitor was five at 10. I was like, oh, it's me, which is amazing. Um, but doesn't really mean anything because there's stark differences, yeah. like really stark differences. The average weight was seventy kilograms, which is let more than ten kilos less than me. Um, and then you can kind of put in your data, and it matches you up to people. And I was like, yeah, I reckon I'll be like a gymnast. I have a similar physique, like I'm built like a gymnast. No, no, no. I matched up to like a badminton player. Uh, which is just like uh, badminton. It was either badminton or like ping pong or something <laughs> not jacked and ripped. And I was like, ah, screw this. Um, and then yeah, I looked up kind of one of the gymnasts who I think he's called like Dalton. He's American. And he was he's like jacked. And I was like, how tall is he? He's five foot five. Ah, right. Got you. Um, and I just find the whole genetic aspects sort of kind of sport in general, but yeah. more so, Driven by the Olympics because you see so many different sports, yeah. um, very interesting. What have you got much to say on that, Mark? <clears throat> I
0: think, um, yeah, but I think some people are just born lucky. <laughs> you know, they're just born, to, they're born to do whatever they're doing in the Olympics. Um, and it, yeah, it, a, a lot of the time, even it's it's not even okay, they've got a solid work ethic, that's that's a given. And they work hard, they train hard, and everything's kind of in place that should be in place. But a lot of the time as well, it's like just God-given talent and great genetics that these people have. Um, and I guess that's why we kind of feel bad sometimes um, because we compare ourselves to these people. Um, bearing in mind that they're in a tiny minority of the population, these these types, um, and again, just going back to the, the whole placebo thing. Yeah, Olympians don't win gold medals medals because of their supplement range, or because of the clothes that they wear, or the fact that they drink glucosid sport before a cupping session. That you know, they're <laughs> they're <laughs> they they win gold medals because they are just in that minority of people who were born genetic freaks you know you might say as a term they're just they're just better than us (laughs) you know um i think um i could use a few examples of people but and whether or not there's drugs in sport certain sports i used to be really ignorant to that fact as well um i used to just kind of Go along with it, and I think I think I still give I still give everyone the benefit of the doubt, for sure. But unfortunately, I'm I'm more aware of drug use in sport than I used to be, and it's it's a shame, really. However, you do still get these genetically gifted people um, that are natural clean competitors. I I do genuinely believe that. Um, at the elite level, it i, I it's hard to say, I guess.
1: I reckon some of those guys who are doing archery, they're definitely on the steroids. Right? Yeah. Their arms are pretty yeah. they're, yeah. they're on the roids. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby. Um, no, it's I I think something important to say actually on what you told, spoke about, um, the supplements aren't what's winning them the gold, which is completely true. But on that same kind of thought process, if they were doing absolutely everything right. They had everything completely kind of bang on. They were training the best way possible. They had progressive overload. They had their nutrition set completely right. They had everything. Um, then the difference between gold, I guess you could argue could be that little Bit that supplements could give you. So if one person was supplementing better than that other person, yes. then they might just win like out by a second. But for the large majority of the population who aren't these genetic freaks, and they, they are genetic freaks, like the basketball players who are like seven foot tall, they're genetic freaks. There aren't that many people who are yeah. seven foot tall. Um, and there's not many people who are, with the kind of like hands and feet like Michael Phelps has. He's insane. Um, they're like thir- their, their genetics will give them like 50 30 percent above you. And if you take that small supplement, you, you might just catch a little bit on them. But if they're taking it as well, they get that as well. So, um, that's a good point. It's, it's, like, I think it's important to realize how important genetics really are, yeah. and that uh, you can try as hard as you want to be the best at something, which is really good. You can be your best. But I do think people have to eventually realize you're never gonna be kind of the best something. If you put a lot of time and effort into something and you're not really seeing that result, then you either need to accept that you can get better, but you'll never be the best, or you need to think about maybe doing something else. Yeah. Um, so for myself, like I love bodybuilding. But I don't think I kind of I'm not the best bodybuilder. I'm never gonna be the best bodybuilder. But I absolutely love the sport and I love the training, and I love everything about it. So I'm gonna be my best, which is a great thing in itself. Um, I just, yeah, the, the drugs thing's quite interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's whether, whether I prefer being ignorant to it like I really was, or I prefer knowing, and then it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah, it does, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, qu- it's quite important what you said there about kind of being the, the best version of, of yourself and because when you realize that as well when you realize that you're i'm, I'm not trying to i'm not trying to put anyone down or, or destroy people's hopes here but when you realize when you realize that you're maybe not going to win an olympic gold medal for a snatch or whatever whatever sport you're in a weightlifting or, or whatever it is when you realise that you're not going to be an Olympian, and you're not going to challenge at these elite levels, you're not going to earn a whole lot of money, and, and be able to build a, a financial income to support like a family with your sport or your physique, then it takes a massive weight off your shoulders as well. And just, just stop comparing yourself to other people all the time because that's one thing. I mean, i, I I've, not so much now. I, I've got to be honest. I, I, I don't do it so much anymore, and I'm being completely honest. Um, I'm I'm in a place where I'm comfortably, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with like my own situation. But I have in the past looked at looked at others, um, you know, people's physiques, um, even guys that are a lot young, younger than me. Um, like they're, they've got they're jacked the hell, they're big muscles, and they I used to think like, you know, why why am I not like why do I not look like that? And for a few reasons. One, probably because I wasn't putting in the same effort that they were at the time. Um, and two, I just, I just, I've just got shit genetics, X and I'm never going to be an elite. Um, but that's okay. And once I realized that, it, it, it changed my whole um, outlook on everything, changed the way I trained, changed the way that I ate, and um, just made me a lot more comfortable with kind of my level at the moment. Um, and the things that, like myself and, and, and you as well, like what we've achieved and what many others will be watching this have already achieved, is is freaking awesome. Like, and you should be giving yourself a pat on the back, rather than saying, "Well, why don't I look like him or I wish I look like them?" When they could just be happy with kind of being like who they are.
1: Mm. Got a bit. No, deep. that's so important no well yeah we've talked about the olympics yeah. now we're talking about how to be your best self yeah. um which i guess in, a, in, a, in a, it is related but these people need to realize that these guys are really genetic freaks so like um eddie hall i think i think when he first like stepped into a gym he was like squatting 200 kilograms it's like well that's like that's really close to my max and that's probably more than a lot of people's maxes after like 10 years of not maybe not 10 years of training, but five years of training, yeah. or whatever it might be. these people have they started up here where you are starting down here, and yeah. or not even you, but anyone who is listening yeah. to this kind of, we all have different starting points, and we also have different rates at which, which we progress, and this is why there are genetic caps and limits to people's progress. Um, but I, yeah, I do think it's incredibly important to always focus on yourself. And maybe look up to people who are more similar to you or had similar things happen to them. So like yourself, like you had cancer and you survived that, which is incredible. It is going to pull you back as a result. Because you've accepted that, that's not holding you back. Whereas some people might not accept it. They'd take it the wrong way and they'd let it pull them down. Yeah. It's just like, I know I'm never going to be the world's strongest bench presser. I've got a shoulder injury and other people might have been the world's best French presser but they pushed too much and they injured themselves so yeah. there's so many factors at play um, that you can't think about it too much. You have to, like a lot of things, just focus on the process, focus on being the best you. Um, I think to get away from this subject a little bit because I think we've kind of talked about it quite well and I think yeah. it, I hope some people are taking some good points away from it. I thought we might talk a little bit more about kind of the drug aspect just because we touched on it a little bit. And I think some people might be shocked to hear that we've kind of glazed over it and that Olympic athletes who are drug tested take drugs, which to some people will sound, oh yeah, of course they do. Whereas other people, like we probably were like a year ago, were like, what? No way. Um, but there are people, and because there's been documentaries of drugs in sport, one I saw recently, mm-hmm. um, and there was this um, this, like he was a hundred meter sprinter, I think, and he got his title taken away from him because he was found to be taking drugs. But he was in the documentary. He was like, "I'm still the champion. I'm still have that world record." And every sprinter I talk to still tell me I'm the champion, and they tell like they say how it is because everyone's on drugs, and I just got caught. I was unlucky. And it's kind of like Lance Armstrong, who yeah. also got caught, and he won for years and years and years, and he eventually got caught. And it's just like what well, everyone else is probably doing it as well because you have to think the amount of pressure they're under to go on and achieve what they achieve is huge. Um, Some of them could even be ignorant to it, which is another thing. But I don't know if you've got any thoughts or opinions on that, Mark.
0: No, just just, I'm exactly the same as as yourself. And, yeah, about a year ago or or whatever the time period, I would have been horrified to find out that there was – like drugs in the Olympics or any um, professional sports that I follow. But, and I'm not exactly sure if it was Lance Armstrong himself who said this or someone within like the cycling community, the cycling sport, um, where they kind of suggested if you're not taking drugs, then you're kind of doing yourself like an injustice (laughs) because you're never going to give it a compete. And that's that to me, that, that, that was horrifying at the time. Um I remember the scandal well when 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 everything came out about like just how um just how like specific and detailed and sophisticated um the process was with with Lance Armstrong and how they managed to kind of get but get by even though they were getting tested and I think it was like blood transfusions. <laughs> Um, after every race, like full blood transfusions, which is amazing to do that in like a in a hotel room or back of a car. God. <laughs> um, yeah, you're talking absolutely incredible stuff. But the fact that you, the fact that people are actually suggesting, and this isn't just me and you talking about this, this is people within the sport. The fact that they're suggesting that you're almost at a disadvantage if you don't kind of dope or take drugs is a huge statement. Um, it's quite a shocking statement as well when you, when you actually hear them talking about it. And yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about the pressure that they're under. Maybe, you know, these guys have got sponsorships, like people paying their mortgage t- for them to, to go in and advertise, like get on the podium. Um, and they will have, sometimes they've got, I'm not condoning it in any way, but they've obviously felt that enough pressure to go and do that um, despite possible health implications. Um, I know that, in elite sport, they're probably, you know, they're probably getting medically checked up, like you know, blood work done, and, and they're probably keeping on top of everything to some degree. Whereas, like you know, people like ourselves couldn't have access to that kind of thing. Um, but it's still, you know, you're still putting your health at risk. And yet that kind of pressure—if you can imagine—some people will say, um, "Why take drugs?" Or I, I would never take any drugs. It's very easy to say that when you haven't got the pressure um, that these guys are under. Again, I'm not condoning that, I could never see myself, I've never even considered it for myself, just because I, I know that everything that I've done is just is, is me that, that's done it. Um, re- regardless of like how, <laughs> un- or, or I don't have the perfect physique, but it's my physique, I've managed to achieve this physique. Um, and you can't understate how powerful effect drugs have got. It's not like it gives you a. It's not like the. You talked about like an Olympic, two Olympic weightlifters, and you know they're both around the same level, and one has smartly supplemented with creatine, say, and he just edges that like gold medal. So he's got it, and it's, and the difference was just that creatine. It's not the same with anabolic drugs, um, or or performance enhancing drugs, they give you an uh, immense advantage, not just a tiny little icing on the cake, like supplements with like creatine and what have you. It's a huge difference. So, yeah, it, and unfortunately it, it does happen. And again, I was very ignorant to it before. Um, and it's something I'm, I'm a lot more aware of now, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it's I think a lot of people don't realise as well that these drugs are a lot of people when they think about performance enhancing drugs they think of steroids they think of steroids as a role of just making you bigger and more muscly um and that might lead people to think oh certain sports don't take it or females don't take it which is not right um because you can actually take i don't know a lot about it but i know there's drugs that just enhance recovery and loads of different aspects as well um so it's not just for that Uh, i would like to Kind of go away from the drug aspects again but more because i just want to leave people with kind of a positive view of the olympics um and i guess something that is incredibly positive about the olympics is the fact that it's just clearly showing sport at such a wide level and i have no doubt there's statistics about this how more people end up doing sport when the olympics is around yeah. uh, and it kind of comes down to your surroundings and the more you surround yourself with like sport, fitness, healthy living, healthy things, I think that can then lead you to improve the way you do things. Uh, I find it incredibly inspiring to see the Olympics. It, I already am well into the fitness industry anyway, yeah. but when I see people, especially people who have come a long way, maybe this is like their first time winning a gold and they've come kind of. They've got through tough times where I think I actually heard a story about a guy that's almost died and had a seizure and then came up and they said he'd never be able to, like, I think he was a diver. He could never dive again. Um, But he did, and he went and he won a goal, which was insane. Uh, And it inspires me, and that is something incredibly powerful about the Olympics, just how seeing these athletes work the absolute ass off. And that kind of comes down to when I saw the meme of, like, uh, I think it was someone looking at Michael Phelps and it was like, winners focus on winning. Losers focus on the winners winning. And I don't necessarily kind of disagree with that because I do think he's a clear winner. There are losers. But I don't say, necessarily think that being a loser is a bad thing. I think they if they can learn from the winner, I just think it's it comes down to that, again, inspiration, again, looking at what they're doing. Just like look at all the Olympians and we're like, I wanna be a bit more like you. You've inspired me to now go and do something to improve my physique, to improve my health. And kind of, yeah, I think they're good people to look up to in that regard.
0: That's awesome, I agree. And yeah, very important to distinguish between comparing yourself to someone and not being happy with yourself um, and um, taking inspiration from someone else. There are two different things. There's nothing wrong with getting motivated and inspired by an athlete. I think that's that's really healthy. Um, and you're right. When the Olympics are on, you know, people are generally, you know, look at these sports. Such a wide um, variety of sports as well, bound to get people more active into sport in some way. Same with any big event that's on, whether it's whatever it is. But obviously, it's now and the topic is the Olympics, and yeah, it's it's great. People are outside. If you even look, you know, if you flick to your Instagram feed, everyone's doing Olympic lifts just now um, on on the weightlifting. So it's really cool that it has that effect on a wider audience. And, um, yeah, but difference between having inspiration from these people and finding, like, if that motivates you to go and train, then that's awesome. But it's very different from comparing yourself to them, I think.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, it makes good sense uh, i i think just a clear example of that was today when i went to i went to a physio today because <clears throat> i've been having some knee and hip issues and he was looking at me and he was talking about my hips my knees and things and he got me to go into a squat position and stuff and he was like you're actually very mobile and then he went in to show me things and every time he was going into positions for stretches for like a squat anything he was like i can't go deep like i've got injuries my hips aren't the same as yours our structure's different Um, so when you get into this you'll be able to go much deeper and obviously I'm a personal trainer I understand that whereas other people might be like why why can't you go ask to grass man and everyone has different pelvic bone structures and everything and that was just a clear example just right there in my life where I've seen someone who you might on the face of it he's similar similar weight and be like yeah we should be able to be as good a squatter as one another but I can actually squat to depth whereas maybe he doesn't have the structure or the ability to actually squat to depth so we can't do it anyway um, so yeah I think it's just important to always keep perspective on these things um, I don't think I've got much else to start the Olympics apart from I'm excited to see continuing everything move forward with it and see how many golds the UK can get uh, yep. how about yourself Mark?
0: I'm the same mate I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy watching it this weekend um, if I get some time if my daughter will let me get some time uh, we'll, we'll have it on the background. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it.
1: Awesome. Um, I think the only thing I wanted to intrigue people with was because it's just come into my mind, and I think we've got a few minutes to kind of talk about this, is that we've, we're, because this is obviously the Macro's Bodybuilding and powerlifting podcast, and a lot of talk, and I've talked about it of late, is kind of fat-free mass index and your ability, how far can you go? Um, and there becomes this cap. And a lot of people talk about 25 being a cap. If you are consistent, you work really hard, you do scientific dieting and training, um, and you have pretty good genetics, you can get to 25, a fat-free mass index, which is a calculation basically based off your height, your weight, um, and your body fat percentage. Something that Mike Isretel talked about was the fact that this is very much skewed because a lot of the guys who are genetic. Freaks will get to this up and then hop on juice, so they don't actually see their full natural potential. Because then they they take drugs, which basically takes you from where you are and makes you almost like you get almost newbie gains again. It just allows you to keep gaining, yeah. um, which I think is sim is it, it relates to what we're talking about because it's like the Olympics, who the Olympians who are like genetic freaks are amazing, but if they're all hopping on this stuff, then like they're like they it's just it just gets really dangerous to compare yourself too closely to these people.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's it's one thing. <laughs> it could be bad enough comparing yourself to a to a natural athlete who's just incredible, anyway, like you said. But to compare yourself to an incredibly gifted genetic freak on drugs, <laughs> then, yeah, you definitely shouldn't be comparing yourself to these people. Um, and yeah, like just a little off topic, tiny little bit. But when, when people consider, like we've, we talked about the pressure that some of these athletes are on to take drugs. Again, people like ourselves, we are not under the same pressure to look or perform in a certain way. So you might want to just think about that as well, if it was something that you were, if anyone was thinking about doing. Um, do you really have to get that kind of level? And if not, then I would, um, I would consider not doing it.
1: And what I think that also adds to kind of people's, it can inspire people to really reach their own natural limit and don't think about these caps because they're based off maybe not accurate data anyway. So it's really inspiring in a way to just really just, that's what we wanna I think leave the audience with is to take inspiration from the Olympics be your best, push your genetics to their absolute limit. If you want to hop on stuff, then that's down to you and what you want to do, but what I want everyone to really do is be the best they can be. Um, I think that's a really important message that we should leave people with.
0: Yeah, nice one, Steve. Yeah.
1: Cool, Uh, we'll call it there. Um, I hope people have enjoyed that. The podcast will be on iTunes soon, I promise. And uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the Olympics while it's on. If you want any kind of comments, questions about what we've spoken about, please, as always, I might not say it, but do put them in the comments below or find us on Facebook or whatever, and we will cover them for you. So cheers, Mark. Have a great weekend.
0: Cheers, Steve. You too, buddy. See you, guys.
1: See you, everyone.